Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey guys, this is Jennifer with Dr. Marketing Tips. Today we're joined by the multi-talented Zach. Now, like so many of you, he wears a multitude of hats at the practice where he works in and around Scottsdale, Arizona. Zach spends part of his day as a billing analyst and the other part of his day managing the personalities and needs of seven different orthopedic surgeons and their PAs. Now, we're not sure how he does it, but Zach's responsible for managing four different websites, five different Facebook pages, multiple Twitter accounts, Instagram, and everything involved in actually managing the reputation for his physicians. Plus, he has to deal with whatever else comes up during his day. Now, Zach shares with us today the tools and tactics he uses to keep his head above water and to keep the wheels of the marketing machine turning. We think you're in for a real treat, and you're going to get a lot out of today's interview with Zach from Sonoran Orthopedic Trauma Surgeons. All right, Corey, let's get started. All right, thanks, Jen, and thank you, Zach, for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So let's jump right in. Um, kind of describe your role at your office, if, if you can even sort of do that in just a couple words. Yeah, um, I am the marketing manager and billing analyst for a group called Sonoran Orthopedic Trauma Surgeons. Okay, so what do you kind of do day to day? We have four different websites that we are running at the moment and um, six different Facebook pages, five different Twitters, uh, one Instagram, one LinkedIn, a uh, bunch of different uh, Google Plus profiles, um, graphic designing if need be, uh, producing videos, like patient testimonials. Um, and do you have your hand in all of those things? Yeah. Yeah, patient surveys. Um, and uh, making sure that all of our profiles on, you know, healthgrades.com, vitals.com, sure, those different rating websites are up to date. So you pretty much just have? Do you have your bed in your office, or is it a cot? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like when I first started, uh, I wasn't really expecting to take on all of these things, um, but you know, after viewing their social media um, or lack thereof, yeah. uh, I kind of took it upon myself to take charge of it. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. And when, when you mentioned that you have you know, the handful of Facebook pages and Twitter accounts, I think most of the listeners did the same thing that, that I did and said, wait, why, why do you have so many of those? Yeah. We have seven uh, providers within our group and uh, seven physician assistants. Um, not each doctor uh, is the same. Um, some doctors want to, you know, have their own website separate from the practice website, and um, you know, some doctors really don't care. But um, several of our doctors have 
reach out to me to uh, let me or to put me in charge of their different social media platforms. Okay. And would you say that um, one of the bigger challenges that you have is one sort of managing all of those different avenues and platforms and aspects and and two I would think that since some of them are you know they have their own websites and whatnot it sort of creates a little bit of fragmentation am, am I right in saying that yeah, you're definitely right um, it is extremely hard to keep up with all of the different platforms um, especially blogging blogging for um, four different websites and keeping the content, you know, separate and not overlapping anything. Um, it's diff de definitely difficult. Um, and are you creating that content yourself, or do you have somebody help you out yeah. with that? Yeah, creating it myself. Um, I have reached out to, you know, the medical staff and the PAs and the MAs, and I'm like, hey, if you guys know anything that you, you think would be beneficial to social media, um, please let me know. Uh, but I think it's kind of new. I mean, every Snoring Orthopedic Trauma Surgeon has been around for 10 years, and um, but the social presence is brand new, um, not only to the company but to all the employees. So um, I think getting the employees on board has been kind of difficult. Yeah, and I would say, um, you know, I kind of find that with a lot of the offices that we work with, too. So I'm interested to how you sort of um, actually approach the employees and, and said, hey, if you guys think of anything, let me know. Do you do you actually have people come back and say, oh, I, I took this picture, or I thought of this idea, or is it kind of, uh, you know, kind of like a battle uphill almost to get started? It's an uphill battle, for sure, because, yeah. you know, their, their primary focus is, uh, you know, Patient care, of course. Oh, yeah, patient care. Yeah. And I think their last, the, the last thing on their mind is uh, promoting themselves. <laughs> yeah, let me stop and take this picture really quick. Hold on. Everyone yeah. stop what you're doing. And yeah. No, yeah. I totally understand that. That, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, what have you done to sort of overcome or maybe tackle some of these challenges? I mean, have you found things with your workflow that you've seen really help or have you like little tips and tricks maybe you've discovered sort of along the way? Um, you know, just making, like connecting with different, uh, you know, marketing people that are in the same field have been, has been really helpful. Um, not, and sometimes it's not even marketing people that uh, I connect with. I'd just be, you know, some sales representatives. But those people provide a lot of tools that help me, um, you know, micromanage uh, all these different platforms. Uh, a, a tool that's really helped me, though, has been HubSpot. Uh, HubSpot allows me to throw all of those uh, different social media platforms and accounts into one area to where I'm able to monitor everything that is that I'm sending out. Yeah, I think I think that's important to say too. So, services like HubSpot, they not only allow you to, um, you know, put everything in there and schedule and everything, but you can monitor and then from those analytics, you can tweak things. So, if, 
you know, if something works really well, then you can, you know, you know it works well and you know hopefully why. Then you can replicate that. If it doesn't work, you can tweak it or just get rid of it entirely. And it's nice that you can sort of see that in that dashboard format, right? Right. Yeah, and I have super high standards and goals. And <laughs> not really, I'm not really satisfied with the amount of progress that I see daily or monthly, but, you know, I had to finally come to the realization that Rome wasn't built in a day <laughs> and, you know, with the continued steps in the right direction, big or small, will will become a huge competitor, um, hopefully locally, nationally, and then worldwide someday. Awesome, awesome. So since you mentioned uh, HubSpot, that kind of leads me into my next question, just talking about the importance of inbound marketing. And, and for the listeners that don't know, so inbound marketing activities are, are those that sort of bring visitors in rather than marketers having to go out and get the prospect's attention. So with that said, have, have you noticed you know, certain trends or things that you do to sort of capture and, and nurture these leads and eventually turn them into patients? Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, uh, you have your brand awareness, which is a huge part of marketing. Sure. Um, and then you have, you know, inbound marketing where we – Pretty much create blogs or landing pages that are uh, injury specific with with injury specific guides for potential patients to download. Okay, could so, you give us an example of one of the pages you've done, maybe? Yeah, so we've uh, done a page on like ankle fractures, and we'll provide some basic information on um, you know what. Uh, what causes an ankle fracture. Sure. And um, if that potential patient is interested in that, then we're hoping that they'll fill out a quick little form with their name and email address, and then that will put their information into a automated email workflow, which then we can nurture and then hopefully uh, set up a, an appointment. Okay, so for some of the, the folks out there listening that have no idea what you're talking about, uh, yeah. let's just take a, a step back real quick. So a patient, um, they're, they're searching for ankle fractures, right? And then right. They, they find your link comes up because you have this super SEO'd out piece of content on your page. They click that, see a little bit of information, and then there's a call to action somewhere that says, if you'd like to learn more, fill out this form, right? Yeah. Okay. So then they, they enter their information and then you send them some sort of a, a guide or an ebook or something like that specific to ankle fractures? Right. Okay. And then, so that's that automated workflow you were talking about. And then there's probably um, like a series of emails that sort of uh, goes helps. after that or? Yeah. It kind of helps us judge the, how serious the patient is about, you know, information that they received or if they would benefit from um, a call from one of our uh, medical assistants for more information, then we can send, we can shoot them a call. Okay. And then just so again, for the, for the people out there, um, are, are you piecing these together from different services or are you doing this all through HubSpot? All through HubSpot. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. 
So you mentioned a little bit about the um, you know the, the brand awareness and and I mean I know from experience I'm sure you do too that you know some doctors they just they don't believe in it they don't care about it they think blogging is dumb social media is you know it's right. it's silly um, so how do you combat that and why do you think it's important for practices to consider themselves uh, not just a business but a, a brand? Right. I just think it's super important to like create brand awareness with, uh, I mean, social media is super easy to create brand awareness. Um, but I think that balance with, you know, social media, television, um, you know, outdoor media like billboards and, uh, radio is very important. Um, but I mean, well, I was just going to say like each provider within our group have different goals, but, you know, at the end of the day, social media blogging and creating brand awareness is key to success. Sure. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things, too, is, like, um, you know, every business really is kind of a brand, and I, and I think a lot of providers and, you know, and the clinical staff, they don't really, they don't, they don't ever think about stuff like that, not like us marketing folks do, but, you know, if, if you're going to, um, anything from like an Applebee's to like a Chili's or, you know, let's say those two things, you know what you're going to get when you walk into there because like that's their brand. So it's the same yeah. sort of idea with, with medical practices. If, if you have a good brand and you're facing, you know, positively on social media and inbound and outbound, people know sort of what to expect. And, and then when you fulfill those expectations or exceed them, that's when you can really find some sort of, you know, success. Right. Like, I was having some of the, the surgeons do uh, paid daytime local shows here in Arizona and uh, just create brand awareness not only for potential patients but to establish awareness with local television networks that we want to be their main contact for any news reports. Or, yeah, you guys have the experts. Right, Yeah. Because we've had a, an instance where uh, we did an, a surgery on a, a certain patient and a news channel actually reached out to a different practice for work that we actually completed. Oh, interesting. It was kind of frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. And I, I wonder, too, if since you're doing the, the daytime spots, does that, have you noticed just yet that that works in conjunction with some of the other things that you're doing where, you know, people will see that and they'll be like, oh, what is it like the name of that practice that was on Channel 6 or whatever? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I not only, like, have I seen it, but um, the physician assistants and the physicians have seen it and they've came up to me and said, you know, oh, yeah, I had this patient say that they saw me on here uh, we had a patient call and said that they wanted to look into scheduling a, a hip surgery with uh, Dr. Staples. And, yeah, we I think we see good uh, uh, results from the day to, daytime TV. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you're really talking to one of your prime demographics during that time frame. Right. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things for a, a lot of practice managers out there is they they hear TV or they get the the cold call from the station or whatever and they say, well, it's just it costs too much. Like we don't have that in the budget. So how did you sort of 
combat that? So, I mean, that comes down to, like, the providers. Like, some of them want to do it, some of them don't. Sure. Um, but, you know, it is um, a little bit expensive, and, you know, there are other uh, companies out here that do it more frequent than we do. But, I mean, balance is key, I think. If, if we decided to do it quarterly, um, so I think it fit into our budget okay. But, um, you know, we are so still, we're still so new at, you know, marketing ourselves that um, I think we were just in that opportunity where let's see if we can get some traction from this. Sure, yeah, let's get as many eyes as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, would you say, too, that, you know, the, the cost of entry is high? Sure. But, you know, like you, you just mentioned that you you got a hip surgery out of it. And, that, you know, if you that happens Pretty a couple of times. Yeah, you, you cover your costs and your return is great. Right. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah, like I said, one of the things that we always see and we hear, you know, in in our community is, is oh, that's it's too expensive. We don't have the budget for that. So you know, it's interesting to hear you say that. Yeah, we don't really. We found a way to make it work, and then we see the return on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is difficult to uh, track the the return on things like that. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, you have the reports from the the television network that says, oh, 50,000 people saw your segment from this date. But, you know, then we have the front office staff who's, who are taking the calls and getting them to, to or setting up a workflow for them to capture right. how the patient heard about it is, is extremely difficult. Well, and then not only that, but you have the patient who, when they're, if they're even asked, how did you hear about us, you know, they could just, they, you know, they have no idea half the time. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of, sort of like, at, at the end, it's like garbage in, garbage out, because if the patient says, oh, I saw your bus ad, you know, and then you look at that and you're like, wait, we don't run ads on buses, but, you know. Right. <laughs> um, but like you said, it's all about that sort of awareness, and and regardless of how they see you, the fact is that they're there and they, you know, they're making appointments, and that's sort of the, the goal anyway. Exactly. I wanted to go back and real quick, I just thought of this question: uh, um, when somebody goes to your website and they fill out that form, is there any sort of a, um, do you have any any security in place as far as HIPAA is concerned, or do you? Do you not worry about that because it's just general information, or what? What do you do there? Um, it goes like when the form's filled out, it goes direct, directly to my email. Mm -hmm. Um. So once uh, you know the the automated workflow starts up, it's all general information, no uh, personal information with the patient is exchanged. Okay, okay, because yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that that was kind of a lingering question on, on some people's yeah, minds. Yeah, so, so like we can we can nurture that relationship all the way up until they want to make an appointment, and then when, when they want to make an appointment, we'll, we'll have to get them uh, 
in contact with one of our schedulers. Gotcha. Okay, so running a little bit short on time, so I wanted to talk about patient surveys before we're done, though. Um, what are some of the me methods that you've used to find success with surveys? I remember you mentioned that at the right. top of the conversation. So, um, yeah. yeah, so w with your team and, and with patients, I mean, how do you kind of make them work? So at first it was extremely difficult. Um, I had created some reports on Google Forms or some surveys on Google Forms. Uh, to help, but, you know, working it into a workflow with the medical assistants or the front office staff was extremely hard, um, and it still is. Uh, we finally found a company by the name of eMerit.biz. Uh, they have a survey that can be provided in both English and Spanish. Um, it can be given on the iPad or computer, or you can just print out a copy and the patient can fill out, um, then the patient has the option to provide a short description of service that were provided and answer 10 questions with a rating scale from 1 to 10. Um, we found a, that the easiest and most effective way to capture surveys and not disturb the true reason the patient is in our office was using a paper form that the patient can complete in, in the exam room while waiting to see the doctor. Um, and then we send the information to emerit.biz, which uh, then they are able to post reviews to several different rating sites throughout the web. Um, they provide us with weekly and monthly updates um, to show us if we are meeting our goal <coughs> and how we are ranking on Google search engines. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a uphill battle with getting them, getting the staff to help get the, the patients completed. Um, but, you know, we have provided a monthly incentive to our staff members to try to help our possibilities of getting patient surveys. Um, that seemed to help a little bit, but it's just an uphill battle. And so when the um, when you send the surveys off to email, do you um, do you just wait and do that monthly or weekly or as you get them or how does that weekly. work? Weekly, yeah, weekly. Okay, and then they send you back a report. Yep. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So uh, just to sort of wrap up, if there's uh, one thing that the, our listeners could take away from the podcast, what would that be? Ah. Uh. Um, I would say don't be afraid to connect with people and ask questions. Uh, Steve Jobs said one time, uh, the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones, are the ones who do. And I really, truly believe that. Um, I mean, if you have a whole team of people who think that, you're going to be unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff, Zach. I, I really think our listeners are going to get a ton out of this episode. Um, so... Like I said, we're just about out of time. If people wanted to find out more about you and the practice that you work for, where should they go? And feel free to list all like 30 of your Facebook pages if you want. Yeah, they can go to uh, sonoranorthotrauma.com. That's our main website. Um, we also have sonoranhipcenter.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. You name it, we're on it. <laughs> awesome. Zach, thank you again. 
All right, folks, you heard the man. So your future patients are out there waiting. So let's get back to work and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.